Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Oh, Canada, everybody. Welcome into the Lakers Fast Break. I'm your host right now, Magic Man, a.k.a. Sean Grace. Welcome in. Oh, Canada. Great win for Team Canada today. I'm tickled pink that uh, they happened to pull this game out. It was a wonderful effort. Congratulations to Team Canada. Uh, incredible win. Probably the biggest win in the program's history in the past probably about 40 years, um, beating the number one team in the world. Um, Canada now advances to the quarterfinals. Uh, we'll get into that in a little bit. And sorry to, sorry to USA supporters. Uh, they dropped a, a game today against Lithuania. It was just kind of one of those crazy games. We'll get into it as well. Lithuania just barely managed to squeak out a win, but a win's a win. And uh, welcome, everybody. Hope you're having a nice uh, Labor Day weekend. And, um, okay, let's just get right on into it. Let's dive into it. So, unfortunately, earlier this morning, um, the United States dropped uh, a game 101 to, well, excuse me, 110 to 104 against Lithuania. A really strange, weird game, um, to say the least. Lithuania started this game out nine for nine from three. That's uh, that's quite that the streak. Um, usually that doesn't happen. It that, rarely does that ever happen. But they were on a heater, like uh, Zach Galifianakis from The Hangover. Uh, Lithuania just couldn't miss from three. They led early, uh, 52-31. So they got out to a, a twenty-one point lead. Um, just want to welcome everybody again into the Lakers fast break. Uh, we're talking about, um, the USA's defeat today to Lithuania, 110 to 104. Just want to welcome everybody in again. So a surprising effort, given the fact that, um, as me and Gerald talked about, uh, previously that maybe the game against, uh, Montenegro was kind of a wake up call. Hey, Darren, thanks for dropping by, brother. Could not watch because of the Disney Spectrum money disagreements. Ah, that sucks. That sucks, man. 
But uh, Darren, if you want to head to playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break, you can check out the games with us, man. Please, we'd love to have you as a member if you haven't already signed up for us on Playback, brother. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was kind of a weird game. Lithuania, again, shot nine for nine from deep to, to start in the first half. They bulked up a 21-point lead. Uh, the States valiantly tried to give it an effort to come back. Um, unfortunately, just came up a little short. Just Lithuania made the plays when they needed to down the stretch. Uh, hit a couple of big shots. And, um, you know, unfortunately, uh, our man Austin Reeves uh, fouled out of the game. Austin Reeves and both Triple J fouled out of the game. So USA was kind of shorthanded throughout. Um, it was just dis- it was a disappointing effort again on the boards. Um, you know, uh, the the game where Canada was exposed against Brazil and the pick and roll, that's where Brazil kind of exploited Canada's biggest flaw. And today we saw that Lithuania exposed that the United States lack of uh, height, especially on the glass, because JV... Uh, Donatus Montayunas, um, Iggy Bredznakis, and a couple other surprises for Lithuania just killed the United States on the boards. Um, I, I, I was wondering what would happen in this game. I wasn't sure. I, I thought maybe the USA would pick it up after uh, a bit of a, a scare with uh, Montenegro, but this is what happens when you get deeper into this tournament, right? It's this. It, it happens to just expose uh, your biggest flaws because a lot of these teams not only advance scouting, but that just the, the level of precise and direct coaching that they do have as well, especially with Spain, Lithuania, Slovenia, Germany, those are the teams that seem to execute and exploit your biggest weaknesses and, and seem to be able to carve you up and, Lithuania did their best. I mean, they owned the boards and they got hot from deep really fast. And the United States just couldn't recover. They couldn't keep up with Lithuania. Gave it an effort, but again, fell short 110-104. And with that loss, the United States finishes second in their group. Um, Lithuania finishes first. So if we look at uh, where we stand in the tournament right now, I'm just going to pull it up for you guys. But we only have eight teams left, and so the quarterfinals are set. So if we look at um, the screen here, we can see that the quarterfinals are set. So we have uh, on one side of the bracket, uh, we have the United States uh, playing Italy. Uh, That game will take place, I believe, Tuesday. And we also have Lithuania playing Serbia. I believe that game will also be Tuesday as well. Uh, on Wednesday, we have the other bracket set. Germany finished in first place. They uh, absolutely destroyed Slovenia today, uh, 100-71. And Latvia, uh, definitely the surprise of these eight teams. That's the only, really should be the only surprise. Uh, Latvia won both their uh their second qualifiers defeating both Brazil and Spain. Um, so they're going, their reward is facing probably the hottest team in the tournament right now, Germany. And the other quarterfinal, as we see, is uh, Canada and Lithuania. So um, hats off to Canada. 
It was an incredible performance today. Um, I'm so proud as a Canadian, what I saw, not only were you facing down the barrel of being eliminated, you're also down 10 points at half. Spain jumped out to um, a, a commanding 48-38 lead at half. And I know 10 points doesn't seem like a lot, but when you've already come off a bad performance and then you kind of um, sleepwalk your way through the first half and find yourself down 10 points to uh, the number one team in the world, kind of kind of makes you wonder. You can get a little weak in the knees, but not this group, not today. Surprisingly, I never thought I'd say this, but thank you, Dylan Brooks. Um, outside of Shea Gildress Alexander, Dylan Brooks was the um, the best player in the uh, in the tournament uh, today for Canada. He made all three threes in the fourth quarter. Played tremendous on on point defense and uh, managed to just be the guy for for Shea. Shea took over the game. Um, Canada was down. 8180 and uh Shea hit a, a jump shot, put Canada up by one, and they never looked back. He scored the last six points in the last 21 seconds, made all his free throws, finished 37 and 4. Um, and Canada advances to face Slovenia. And I want to beat Luka Doncic so bad. I want to beat Luka Doncic so bad on Wednesday. I want to see him cry. Hey Brian, nice to see you here, man. Yeah, no, the uh, U.S. did qualify. They did qualify. I'm going to put it up here. You can see that. Uh, so in the in the quarterfinals now, the United States is going to play Italy. Um, they're going to play an Italian squad that won both their games. They defeated both uh, Puerto Rico and Serbia. Um, so they go on to... Uh, Face the Americans. Uh, USA finished in second uh, to Lithuania. So now Lithuania plays Serbia. And uh, in the other two quarterfinals, you have Germany, probably the hottest team in the tournament right now, playing the surprising Latvian squad that uh, eliminated France and has just beaten um, Spain and Brazil. So they're feeling really confident. Could they spoil uh, the Germans? Um, aspirations on winning a title sure i just don't think i i just don't think it'll happen um my picks are i think i think canada beats slovenia um this is a pick em game but i'll take lithuania so i i see the final four as canada versus lithuania and the united states versus germany we're hoping that it sets up uh, a canada usa final that's what i'm hoping for I think Gerald's going to feel maybe a little stranger about that. And I, I know uh, our other colleague, Nick Molina, has uh, spoken about that as well. It's going to feel a little weird. Don't feel weird. I mean, it's just it's just the spirit of competition, right? And I, I just feel that, you know, if, if Canada wants to medal and definitely wants to win the whole thing, they're going to have to they're going to have to go through the best. And they've defeated France. They've defeated Spain. Uh, Australia and um, Argentina are both out. Argentina didn't even qualify. Australia is done. So if Canada wants to win, they have to beat the best of the rest of the teams in Europe. That'd be Slovenia and likely Lithuania. And then they're going to have to either beat the United States or Germany. So I feel that the USA and Canada is on a collision course. I just feel really confident that they're both going to uh, 
They're both going to make it. Uh, yeah, Darren, Canada does have a good team. They do. Considering the fact that, like, even a decade ago, if this tournament were going on in these in these times, so to speak, there'd be still be the the air of stink of the the program because in I remember when Kelly Olynyk was uh, just drafted in the NBA and he played uh, a FIBA tournament in 2010. Uh, and Canada did awful. We lost all three games, and the point differential was just terrible, just absolutely terrible. So, again, as as we see, just to uh, kind of close out the uh, the FIBA portion of the uh, the pod, as you can see, the quarterfinals are now set. We have uh, Italy facing the United States, Germany, and Latvia, and then we have Slovenia and Canada and Serbia and Lithuania. Germany defeated Slovenia pretty soundly, so 100 to 71. The fact of the matter is that, again, the deeper you go in this tournament, the more it requires uh, an emphasis and a prioritization on team basketball. It's not one person that's going to take it over the top in FIBA basketball. You need at least three guys contributing soundly in order to win more if be um so i expect the united states to uh get in the film room and adjust and italy really only has one um key player and that's shimone fontecchio fontecchio was laurie markinen's backup in utah he'll be his backup once again He's a scorer. Fontecchio is a very good shooter. He can get hot. But really, he's the only player that uh, the Americans really need to key on. Other than that, a decent squad, but nobody that's that's going to uh, kind of put the fear of God into the United States, I don't think. So I expect the United States to uh, beat the Italians on Tuesday and ultimately face the winner of Germany or Latvia. That would be a hell of a game if uh, if the Germans in the States faced off to see who's going to uh, the, the uh, FIBA title game. It would be a great spectacle of talent. Germany's probably the deepest team left. They play the best brand of team basketball. And considering, you know, it's led by, you know, guys like Dennis Schroeder and uh, Voigtman, um, Germany gets it from um, its its uh, Bundesliga players as well as um, their international international guys who play overseas. So uh, they're a great squad. I expect them to advance. I expect Germany and the United States to play to see who's going to the gold. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. 
Bring me all of the Star Trek all of the time, and I will be an incredibly happy girl. Even if it's terrible. It's like pizza. Bad pizza is still pretty good because it's pizza. Bad Star Trek is still pretty good because it's still Star Trek. That's the way that I look at it. Just let it sit in the refrigerator for a day and be cool. That's it. Yep. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. South Sudan is one of the coolest stories we've heard. Ruel Dang took over the South Sudanese basketball program in 2020. They are now headed for the Olympics. That's incredible. In three years, he goes from being the um, cornerstone of Sudanese basketball to now taking that team to Paris. It's incredible. It's incredible what he's done. Again, a lot of people aren't paying the consolation games. Consolation games is significant for countries who are trying to make the Olympics. Um, even though Australia was eliminated, Australia finished first in Asia. So Australia automatically qualifies for the Olympics. Because South Sudan finished in first place, they went three and two in their uh, consolation games. South Sudan qualifies for the Olympics. So Luol Deng, Luol Deng goes from amnesty to Olympics. Um, it's incredible. It's incredible. Um, so just to under just to understand, to realize how how important this is, is that in 1988. The Jamaican bobsled team qualified for the Olympics. Now, you're asking yourself, that's got to be a fantasy, right? No, it's not a fantasy. Jamaica did not have an indoor arena. And not only that, they didn't have an ice track to practice bobsledding. But yet somehow, jumping over a lot of hurdles, a lot of them, they managed to qualify for the Winter Olympics. And now South Sudan, who doesn't even have an indoor arena, qualifies for the Olympics. And not only do they qualify for the Olympics, they are the youngest team to qualify for the Olympics. Uh, so this is a remarkable story. And I'm so happy for Luol Deng that... Uh, that this is part of his legacy now and good for Luel because this makes it all worthwhile what he did, what he did. And just to, uh, to uh, let everybody know, there is a South Sudanese basketball player right now who's 16 years old, plays for their national team, seven foot two, Kaman Malak. Uh, Kaman will definitely play in the NBA. Uh, it's just not a given whether or not he's going to enter the NBA draft. But um, I just want to congratulate Lou Aldang and the South Sudanese basketball program. It's incredible. Um, not only does Luel serve as uh, the basketball program's basically director and uh, overseer, uh, former NBA player Royal Ivy is their head coach. So again, congratulations to Royal Ivy and the whole team for qualifying for the Olympics. It's a huge deal. 
and uh, good for them. And uh, just to end off the uh, the Olympic qualifying, we, we still have to wait to see what happens with Europe. Europe's yet to uh, reveal who's automatically qualified other than actual France. So there's going to be one other team. Uh, in the Americas, because both Canada and the USA finish uh, first and second in uh, the America plays, they both qualify for the Olympics. So even though the U.S. lost today, on a sour note, the U.S. still managed to qualify for the Olympics. So congratulations to uh, all the countries that did, some more remarkable than others. Uh, and we move on. Uh, did everyone get a chance to see the uh, – did everyone get a chance to see the uh, preseason schedule? Just so we're, just so we're clear, do we uh, need to go over that one? Well, let's just go over it anyway. So October 7th at Golden State, obviously at the Chase Center. Then two nights later, October 9th, uh, they face the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, hoping to have Gerald Glassford on the podcast today. Talk about maybe uh, heading out to the t by Mobile Arena. Catch that game, but uh, we'll catch Gerald when, uh, when he's back. Then two days later, October 11th, Sacramento. Back in California at the Honda Center in Anaheim. So, um, if we have any uh, Anaheim Lakers fans, uh, please head out to the Honda Center. And we'll, when we're doing playback, we will try and see if we can get a screenshot and shout you out, uh, maybe on a JPEG for one of our pods. So, you know, anybody, the Vegas area, Anaheim area, August, October 9th, 12th. All right, Blue, yeah. So they, they face off in uh, at the Chase Center first with the Warriors. So uh, that's October 7th. Then October 9th, we've got um, the Brooklyn Nets, and we see them at T-Mobile Arena in Vegas. So for the preseason, the, the Lakers never leave California or Vegas. They don't have to do much traveling. Then third game. They play the Kings at the Honda Center in Anaheim. So, again, any Lakers fast break fans, if you're in the Anaheim area and uh, you're at the game, please uh, shout us out, signs or uh, T-shirt or what have you. Uh, we'll have the merch ready very soon. That's that's definitely on its way. But if, uh, if you want to shout us out, we can definitely try and, and look for, out for you on playback because between myself, Gerald, and Joe – we all take care of uh, playback, so if somebody wants to shout us out, we'll definitely try and uh, get you on a JPEG or uh, on the show as well. And then uh, after that game with the Kings on the 11th from the Honda Center, they're back at the Crypt, play the Crypto.com Arena, again, the Golden State Warriors. Uh, and the second to last preseason game will be against the Bucks. Uh, crypto.com arena uh, wouldn't shock me at all to see you know some Laker fans trolling the Bucks organization by uh, by actually wearing like authentic Giannis Laker shirts when he shows up uh, I think that's a definite given and then to uh, to, to uh, finish it off October 19th 2023 10pm Eastern they are playing the Phoenix Suns uh, at the Accretion Arena in the Palm Desert, California. Palm Desert. So uh, I'm not sure if that's obviously near Casino. Sounds like it's near Casino. So, I mean, anybody in the uh, 
that area want to check out the lakers go ahead that's uh october 19th at the accretion arena in palm desert california so that ends the lakers preseason so they it's basically two it's basically less than two weeks it's october 7th all the way to the 19th um and then you know the season starts basically a week later so hopefully preseason will go fairly well um let's not let's let's not try and um repeat last year where like we couldn't even win a game which let's try and and win a game at least other than that the only things you really hope from preseason is that nobody gets hurt one or two guys take advantage of the situation presenting themselves and they make an opportunity out of it and hopefully like Darren was asking which centers will the Lakers invite to camp so we're gonna have Figueroa Figueroa is gonna be invited even though he's gonna probably end up with South Bay or some other G League team Figueroa is gonna get an invite Castleton's gonna get an invite I think there's a there's going to be a mystery player. I think maybe it's just an extra body uh, in camp, or but I think there's going to be a mystery. And then I think they're I think they're going to bring in somebody who either they think they could develop or is somebody who they think is worth the the roster spot. Other than that, I don't I don't expect the center position to get resolved sooner rather than later um it looks as though like we're all gonna have to just bite it for now and realize that rob's gonna be patient they're gonna be patient i think i'm kind of with everybody else it's it's it's, there's a certain level of skepticism and um uncertainty surrounding Jackson Hayes and his role. I know that we all know that Darvin Ham and, and Jackson Hayes have both stated publicly that they both have an understanding of what each other wants out of their relationship. But the fact remains that um, Jackson Hayes really hasn't lived up to, up to the hype. If he did, he wouldn't be a, have it available to us. Um, maybe he's not the player he was advertised and maybe Darvin Ham sees him who he actually is for and sees that role for him. But that, again, that remains to be seen. Um, in order to be, in order to fit that role, Jackson Hayes is going to have to win that spot. I think at training camp, I don't even think that spot has necessarily been promised to him. So Darren, I think that uh, it's, it's kind of going to be a, a wait and see with the invites, because I think Figueroa is going to get one. I think Castleton gets one, and I think they hand out a couple more. But again, that that situation needs resolution. Now, we'd all love to have it sooner rather than later, but it looks like um, the Lakers are taking the um, the diametrically opposed route, which is they're going to try and see how long the situation takes to resolve itself, I think, internally, rather than externally go out and try and resolve it themselves. I think they want to see the problem get solved within house rather than go out of the house to try and find a fix. So uh, it's going to be really interesting. That's probably the the position we're, we're concerned about the most. 
as far as a, a meter scale of worry, be the backup center position. I still think we need more shooting. There's no question about that. Like we need more shooting. I hope that uh, I honestly hope that Demoy Hodge takes one of those spots. To be perfectly honest with you, he's really he's firing in all cylinders. I hope Hodge gets a spot because um, his defense is sound enough where if he's shooting even 37, 38% from three, I think it's a it's a bargain for the Lakers, especially picking up another guy undrafted. You find you found uh, in the weeds, and he's exactly what you need. I don't care that he's 24, turning 25 in a couple of months. Don't care. It, it it doesn't matter at this point. There's too much. There's too much point of emphasis and too much judgment in the moment about well, and they are the most petty kind of like just negative losing mentality attitude that you can have about a certain like oh I don't like the way he shoots I don't like his form oh but he shoot he's he's uh, an 18 point per game scorer and he shoots 38 percent for three don't care don't like the way he shoots don't like his age don't like this don't like that it's so so dull and it's why a lot of these uh front offices are just seeing other players and other executives and other agents just completely ignore them and off to the side you go because you're not willing to adapt you're not willing to uh put in the work darren maxwell is definitely a project 100 percent he is maxwell lewis is 100 percent a project i know a lot of people just want to see him um just get a spot and uh, be inserted uh, he's not ready for that yet. Not at all. He had to put on, he went from like 190 to 215 and, um, or 210. And he still, he still looks a little like thin, like he doesn't look strong enough out there to handle himself with other big boys. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm with you, Darren. Um, I think he's a project in the sense that, uh, there's a lot of like really good raw ingredients there, but he needs to put on um, more muscle and he needs to be able to handle the strains of, is he a three or is he a four in the league? What is he? That's, that, that's another thing. So once he develops some skills, then you get him some seasoning. He starts playing a little bit. But Darren uh, Maxwell Lewis has to has to uh, show who he is. I mean, the Lakers just uh, have him under. You know, it's basically a it's basically a four year contract that's really a three year contract because he was a second rounder. Um, Palinka can sign second rounders now to like four year deals, uh, but the really the way the language can be. Um, inserted and interpreted is that it's really only like a two-year deal but lewis is a project 100 percent. i think castleton is a project i i see castleton i see castleton in the same air i see as somebody like a kelly olenic 
Uh, you can see the raw skills that Colin possesses are very similar to a Kelly Olenek. I think Colin needs to develop a little bit of a three-point shot to truly have that comp meet. But the raw skills are there. They're both they're both excellent facilitators. I think Kel, obviously Kelly's older, so he has a bit of bit of a better dribble than Colin does. But Colin needs to fill out. Uh, his body and he also needs to know how to how to defend without fouling that's Colin's biggest bugaboo right now is that I don't think if he plays in the NBA if he played in Europe if he played in Slovenia if he played in Cambodia if he played in Antarctica uh, it's he's having trouble against uh, similar peers, similar skill sets, similar body structure, and he can't defend without fouling. That's his biggest problem. Uh, I think he needs to re- he needs to uh, clean that up. I think that's a combination of a lot of coaching. It's also about self discipline as well. You reach, I teach, right? We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. Dan, thank you for the comment. Castleton is a ways away. He is not as athletic as he was made out to be by other channels that refuse to tell the whole truth. I agree. I agree. I think too much was made out of, it's like a toothpaste bottle, right? It's like, sure, I can squeeze a lot of that out and it looks like a lot, but it's not a lot. And that's kind of what Colin's athleticism is like. He's, He's not the whole crest tube toothpaste. He's like a quarter of it, but he's really smart. He gets it. He's got a really good IQ. Uh, it seems like he's got a lot of resolve and a lot of resilience in his character as, as a profile for a player. So those are all positives that say he can make up for that lack of athleticism, but you have to actually finally admit that he doesn't utilize what he has defensively. And that's a great point there. And I wish, uh, wish other channels would kind of get with the program there and realize that, you know, you might be 23 and think you got the world uh, on your finger and you think you're invincible, but you got, <laughs> you got a problem with defending without fouling. That is a huge no, no in the NBA. Uh, as much as as much disrepute and as much um, disdain and um, kind of pejorative uh, adjectives, superlatives laid on the NBA about playing defense, there are really good defenders in the NBA. It's just there are better offensive players in the NBA. That's where we're where we're at right now. And just because somebody is a great player offensively does not mean that I sit there and watch a game and dismiss somebody's defense because they got beat by turnaround 
foot three by Steph Curry or Trey Young or get slammed down by Giannis or AD. It's absolutely absurd. And, you know, it, it just goes to show you that you want to be able to have a discussion where you actually pay attention to the game and peop- other people watching you pay attention to the game and everybody kind of sees the same thing going on. I want to thank Darren for that comment because I think all th- all three of these guys out of the four, Jalen Hood, Shafino, Maxwell Lewis, Colin Castleton, they all have flaws that are obvious on the surface. They just have surface flaws. Once you get deep down, then you need to work on on what's there as well. But for right now, when you're a rookie and when you're a young player, uh, you need a lot of encouragement. You need a lot of development. You need a lot of time to work on what you need to work on. It doesn't help young players uh, in basketball to just sit there and watch. In other sports, it's, it's probably advantageous. Football, baseball, those games, those sports – lend itself to kind of easing somebody in it's it's, it's a different skill set different sports but that's the idea in in sports like soccer hockey football even uh you're required to learn quickly and if you can't learn quickly teams are just ready to cut bait it's the teams that see gems see diamonds in the rough and they end up developing them they don't they don't see the end diamond. They see it as it is. It's rough, and we need to shape it, shine it, polish it, and see if it can be a diamond in the rough. The Lakers, the Thunder, the Heat, the Warriors, Pacers, those are the top five teams right now. They find guys. They develop them. And in three or four years, everybody else wants them on their team. Austin Reed's is an example right now. Well, Alex Caruso, Jordan Clarkson, Julius Randle, Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, all developed as a Los Angeles Laker. But you but other other analysts and sometimes other blogs just based out of laziness, la- laziness and sheer lack of research. Just want to dismiss the idea that somehow these guys were raw and uncut, even with the Lakers. No, bro. You got it all wrong there. See, the reason why you want what we have is because we develop players that play a style of basketball that people like. So it's pure jealousy. And that's where a lot and that's where a lot of the uh, disdain comes from as far as not giving the, the Lakers credit. For uh, their developmental process. Hey, Brian, uh, I'm just disappointed in the Lakers' lack of depth in the paint under Palinke. Even without the Hall of Fame centers in the 90s, we had Divots and Campbell. We don't have that now. He's right. He's right, ladies and gentlemen. He's correct. That's true. There was, there was this depth that you saw. I mean, there was cushioning. Like Brian said, like nothing to write home about, but they did have competent NBA backup centers, and I, uh, and yeah, that's that's been Polinka's basically Waterloo, Brian. Because look, he he got out of he got out of the uh, 
the Russell contract that basically pinned him down to the ground as we as this thing was dragging. So he got himself out of that situation. But the fact is, is that when he acquired AD, you know, it we weren't we weren't on the air then. But uh, a, a, a lot of us had said back then that look, it's great that you got Anthony. He's an incredible player, Hall of Fame player. But now you need to be able to get some insurance, insurance, ensure that if something happens to Anthony and nine times out of a 10 out of a season simulated, he gets hurt for a little bit. You're going to have to find competent players to insert into the lineup. But we just didn't have that, Brian. It was a mess. You're right. It was a freaking mess. (sighs) Damian Jones. Wenyan Gabriel, Mo Bamba. For God's sakes, it, uh, Mo Bamba was five minutes into his NBA career when uh, Darwin had enough of him. <laughs> if anybody needs any um, any re-emphasis on how Darwin feels about Mo Bamba, just go back to that Orlando game where he's where he makes his debut, and there is a play where he does not rotate to the spot where everyone knows their spots are except Mo Bamba. He doesn't get to his spot. Darvin Ham looks at him. He doesn't he knows he's being watched. So he just shakes his head in kind of a dismissive way and then he turns around and I'm sure he's he's there were four letter words coming out of his mouth because I don't think I think that Mo Bamba was foisted on the Lakers, Brian. I don't think that Rob Palinka thought that Bamba would be a, an integral key part to what the Lakers are are doing. Um, I I have a really hard time finding that rationale, and I think you would have a hard time finding that rationale, and other people would find a hard time finding that. Like just basically just understanding it from a basic premise. He is not a good basketball player. As Gerald has said before, the theory about Mo Bamba is is greater than the actual Mo Bamba. Brian, another comment. Thanks a lot, brother. Appreciate you tuning in. The three-guard lineup wouldn't be so bad if we didn't have a 6'8 power forward LeBron who has no business playing power forward. Very true, too. Very true, too. But at this point, at this point, a 6'8, 38, turning 39-year old LeBron James is going to be relied on at the power forward position um, because there's no way in hell he's, he's, he's going to be a three again. That that time is come and gone, ladies and gentlemen. And if you think so, please step off the stoop of Lakers fast break because we're not entertaining that at all. He's a four at this point. You know what, Brian? We're really going to see Darvin Ham kind of stretch that three-guard lineup to the hilt this year because basically I think he's before – obviously before they make up their mind about D'Lo and whatever they're going to do about D'Lo will, will, will eventually reveal itself. But the point of bringing on Gabe Vincent is not to see whether or not Gabe Vincent and Austin Reeves can play together. They can. Gabe Vincent's game is very, very similar. Although it's 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 not as it's not as uh, exquisite or sophisticated, very similar to to Jalen Brunson. 
as far as more of a facilitator, but he's got some scoring touch. Those two guys will be fine. The point of bringing Gabe Vincent is to see if him and D'Angelo Russell have chemistry because Darvin Ham's going to go to that three-guard lineup. He's going to play Russell, Gabe Vincent, and Austin together. Brian, the only acceptable 6'8 power forward the Lakers had was Julius Randle. Yeah, I mean, for the time, yeah. You know, Mike D'Antoni thought he had it when he benched Powell for uh, 6'8 Earl Clark. But again, since since Powell, we had trouble filling that, that power forward spot, Brian, until uh, till AD rolled around. And now we're having a problem with the power forward spot. Now that AD is no longer a power forward, AD is a center. So, guys, you know, we're under 45 minutes right now. Probably going to try and keep it to about an hour, tighten it up. So, uh, before we head on out, any questions you guys have? Anything outstanding? Anything about uh, about Lakers fast break? Anything you want to talk about the, as far as the Lakers are concerned? Just what's on your mind, guys? Darren, Bamba was a way to get out of Patrick Beverly, so I'm okay with it. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what it was for. That's what it was for. I, a lot of people – great point, Darren. That's what it was for. A lot of people just tried to lean into that, oh, well, you know, Rob's playing chess. Now, checkers, right? He's acquired Mo Bamba. No. No. Mo, Mo Bamba was never in the Lakers' long-term plans. Um, unfortunately, I think when he got injured – um, I don't even think, I, I think that was kind of used as an Easter egg by Darvin Ham and the coaching staff, like his injury, because I don't think he would have played anyway. Like to, to me, even if Mo Bamba is healthy, I, I, I think we would have still saw Tristan Thompson out there uh, against Denver, not Mo Bamba. Uh, I'm convinced of that. So guys, uh, if that's it, uh, this is a great pod. Appreciate everybody hopping on. So with that, appreciate everybody tuning in. This is Lakers Fast Break. I'm your host, Magic Man Sean Graves. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow for another edition of the Lakers Fast Break. Ciao, everybody.